Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right. We ready? Yeah. All right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to sit down together and, and study your word. We're so grateful, Father, for those who are watching, for those who, uh, who come to, uh, to, to study your word. Thank you so much for them. We pray your blessings on all of us. Uh, thank you so much for the power of the word that has the power to change our lives. Father, we, uh, we thank you so much for that. Thank you for your son. We know that because of him, uh, we have the opportunity to have a relationship with you. And for that, we are extremely grateful. Bless us, Father, as we navigate through this text and help us, Father, to learn the things we need to learn and then and then apply them to our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to be in Exodus chapter 32 this morning uh, or this yeah, evening. Yeah, we jumped a bunch, but uh, <laughs> we jumped a bunch. We told, guys, we told you all we're going to jump past all this. That's with a lot of intricate details of the law. If you want to know about all that stuff, go read it for yourself. But, you know, now we're going to... You know, we're, we're, we're going to pick it up in 32. I mean, this is kind of like what, what we're seeing before 32 is kind of like the bylaws. Mm -hmm. You know, God's made this covenant with them. Now these are the bylaws, mm -hmm. right? And so there's a lot of that text. There's going to be more of that text coming up in Leviticus. Uh, there's going to be more of that text here in Exodus. Uh, there's going to be some of that text in Deuteronomy. And it's all interspersed throughout these sections. But we're, we're trying to follow the narrative, trying to follow that story. And yeah. what we what we see here in thirty two is the pickup. So, like we, like we talked about last week, everything here is about leading us to Jesus. That's right. Everything. We looked at some stuff in Hebrews. Remember that he was supposed to build a, this thing exactly like God told him because it was a shadow of what he, what God was looking at. You know, <clears throat> we, the, and he's going to restate that over and over and over. He's going to restate different parts of the law because that was what was drawing those people and what's going to bring. What was going to bring Jesus through this people? Why is it why is it so important, right? Because we're going to see in Exodus 32, the Israelites try to approach God in their own way. We're going to see that very. I mean, we're going to see that very clear. We're going to see them try to approach God as they would they want to on their terms. Why is it so important for us to approach God on His terms? Because that's what He tells us. That's what He says. Because it's like, why is it so important for your kids to do what you tell you tell them to do? Why is that so important? Why is it so important? Well, because I know better. Well, I mean, because <laughs> I know I best. Mean, do, what do you have? What do you have at the center of that knowing better? What do you have? What is what drives that? Well, I want them to to grow up and to be successful. Okay, safety. Yeah. Uh, you know, growth, maturity, common sense. All of those things are part of the of the dynamic mm. of teaching your children. Well, God's doing the same thing. 
Do what I tell you. Don't ask why to do it. Just do what I tell you. How many times have you ever said, it's none of your business, why? Sometimes. Sometimes I explain. Sometimes. But but you have done that before. Yes, absolutely. You know, know, not even when they say, they say why, they, you know, hey, I'm telling you. Oh yeah, that gets, that gets, we, yeah, that, we don't tolerate that. (laughs) We don't tolerate that attitude. (laughs) So when you ask, why is it so important for us to do what God says? Because, because he knows better than we do. He has a, he has an understanding that we don't have. There's a second part to it. Not only does he know better than we do, but he also knows what is going to be best for us in yeah. the long run, right? So do you do you have do you have a crystal ball when it comes to your children? Of course, sure you do. Oh, sure you do. You may not know what their what is going to happen in each one of their lives, mm-hmm. but you know if I tell you to not ride in the street on your bike, and you ride in the street, the yeah, crystal ball say, says. Yeah. At some point, there's a high probability that a car is going to come because you're going to, a kid is going to dart out from between cars and going to smack you and knock you down. Yeah. That's a high probability, right? Yeah. You may not know where they're going to go to school and who they're going to marry, all that stuff. But the crystal ball, as they're young, you know, if you if you uh, uh, if you swing too high on the swing and you watch the swing set going like this, at some point the swing set go and tip over and you could get seriously hurt. Mm-hmm. It may not happen. But you, there's a there's a better than better than average chance that it will happen. I've got I, yeah, I've got the ability to reason through some of these situations. So does God, much better than we do. Much better. No. God knows if they do what they're fixing to do here, it is not going to turn out well. Why? Because human nature tells him it's not going to turn out well. Because they're going to start worshiping things they shouldn't be worshiping, and and it's going to go south. Well, that's, that's why he's always told him that. And it's so hard. It's it's so hard for us to to wrap our minds around this. But he is the alpha and the omega. That's exactly he's right. The beginning and the end. He's that's not right. bound within time. He's above it. And so he he really can see to the end of all these places. And he knows he knows if you pursue this, you, you're going to end up in de- you're going to end up dead. Yeah. If this is yeah. not healthy for yeah. you, this is not good for you. You know, it's like, you know, especially in today's world, you know, we talk about. You know the importance of the family unit. We see the assault of the family unit on uh, from different political entities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, different groups uh, of people with different philosophies, and they and they try to claim that there is no there is you know the the family unit is not something unique or special. But God knew what He was doing, mm-hmm. and there's all sorts of evidence that demonstrates the family unit is is really the best way to do life. Not even from a religious perspective, just from a general perspective. Yeah. If you're married. And you stay married, economically, you're going to do much better. Yes. You know, uh, physically, health-wise. I mean, they're, married men live longer than single men. I mean, it's just, it's really, and they don't they don't know the reason for it. But they can look at these statistics and they can say, look, it's, it is actually better. What do you think God knows? Absolutely. He may, not only did he make us, but he can see to the end of it. Mm-hmm. And so, I and I understand what you're saying, right? The, the millennial in me bucks at this idea that I can't, what do you mean I can't ask why? You know, that's one of my, Dan, that's one of my favorite questions to ask. Um, and I think, look, at some point, God does explain it. At some point, God well, he does, does he look at his children. He gives a book of explanation. Right. He gets, so it's, it's, not that, it's not that he's saying you can't ask why. It's we need to be willing well, to actually listen to the real he answer. He puts people in, in place like guys like you and I to explain this. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, I pray, I pray. You know, let us apply this to our lives because everywhere we look, there's going to be things that God is telling us why.
Yeah. Don't do this because of this. He may not say it that way. He may not say it just like that, but he's telling us all the time, this is, this is not good. This is why it's not good. And this is what happens when you go and do it anyway. When he's, what he's not doing in his explanations, right? What he's not doing is answering, answering why to the ad nauseum. He's not going, he's not going to go all the way with you. No. Like he's not, God's not sitting there. Like, it's like me. It's like, I, I think about it. The example we were using was me and my son, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm thinking about my son and I, right? Yeah. And so Scott comes to me and says, well, dad, why are we, why are we doing this thing? And I'll say, okay, you know, we're doing it because of this, right? If I have the time, if I have the, if it's, if it's in a spot where I can do that, I'll say, we're doing this because of this. And then he goes, well, but why can't we do it like this or like this or like this or like this or like this? At some point, I'm going to look at my son and say, shut up <laughs> and trust me. Yeah. This is why we're doing it yeah. like this. And that's, and we see that with God. We see that with God in Exodus because God says, you need to trust me here. And they're not trusting him. No. So there's a big difference between trusting God and saying, God, you know, I don't really understand, but help me understand. Yeah. Right. And going along with what God says anyway mm -hmm. and saying, you know, God, I don't understand and I don't trust you. And why, why do we have to do that? I mean, there's a big difference in how we ask. Well, one of the reasons we're doing this is to, is to, is to teach people the book. Sure. Okay. Second Peter chapter, chapter one says, and he's given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness through our knowledge of him, through our knowledge of him. Okay. So I'm, I'm not going to get knowledge of him on the street corner. I tried that. You come up with all kinds of crazy scenarios. You're not going to get that. You're not going to get that from a, from another religious person. You're not going to get that because all you're going to get is their idea of God. That's right. You have to get it straight from him. Mm -hmm. And and this is where he gave us his insight, his understanding, his knowledge. And so the, we learn. And, and I challenge you guys, if you say, oh, you that's just another book written by a bunch of men. Go, go prove that. Go prove that it's not God's word. There's a, there's a lot of people who have taken that stance and who have tried to prove that it's not. And so, yeah, absolutely. If you, if you're, if you, if you're out there and you think that this book isn't anything special, this is just a bunch of guys who wrote a bunch of things, go investigate. I, cha I challenge you. Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is and go yeah. investigate. I go did take that. a look. I did that. You know, go actually take a look and see what this book is all about. Not just internally. There's plenty of guys. Look, Lee Strobel in the case for Christ, he was, he's a, he was an atheist mm -hmm. journalist who absolutely did not believe any of this, thought it was all magic, hocus-pocus, mumbo-jumbo, and he went and investigated it. Go go watch his journey. Go uh, watch his story. John Clayton is another guy that did, so was a geologist, and and he was an atheist. Devout. He read got the book. He said, I'm going to prove this thing's wrong. And and now he teach, speaks all over the place. You know, a guy named John Clayton. Go look him up. You'll find him. You know, uh, uh, I forget. Does God exist? I think is is was his was his thing early on way back when does God exist and you know he proved that God exists from from creation itself and I'll and I'll help you I I'll, I'll help you get to the ultimate question because the ultimate question at the end of the day when you start actually looking at this stuff where the actual debate is between theists those who believe there is a God and atheists those who don't believe that there is a God where the actual debate is and it all centers around this one question did Jesus raise yeah. Did he raise? Because if he rose, this book is exactly what we claim it is. Yeah. But if he didn't, then, then it's what they say. Then it's what they say. So go investigate. What you will find is there is there is an insurmountable evidence before you get to that question to indicate that there is a, there is a God. 
But then yeah. when you start getting yeah. into the did yeah. he raise question, yeah. Yeah. it's it's awesome. So we're going to be in Exodus 32. What we're going to see in Exodus 32 is is exactly what we've been talking about and, here. And what, why we did all that intro is because God is going to tell us some things here about himself and about doing what he tells us to do. It doesn't look like it. We'll try. We'll bring that out to you as, as we go along. It's, cer it's certainly coming. We yeah. might not see it till Exodus 33, 34. Yeah, but it's but coming. But it's coming. In the it's next coming. two or three chapters. That's, and here even yeah. he does that. He said, you know, when his reaction to what they're going to do, you know, you see reactions on both. You see Moses' reaction, Aaron's reaction, God's reaction. And they're not all the same. No, they're not. So let's read it. Yeah, absolutely. So Exodus 32, verse 1 uh, we're in the NIV. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain. So if you remember, Moses went up on the mountain. He walked He walked into the darkness with Joshua mm. up on the mountain. And all the people stayed behind. Aaron and her were left behind. They were supposed to be leading the people. Yeah. Right? And so the last few chapters has been the discussion between God and Moses on the mountain. Yeah. All right. So when the people saw that Moses was long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come. Make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to them. So in the Hebrew, this word gods can be a reference to the plural form. So a, pan a pantheon of gods, gods, multiple gods, or God. And we're going to see why in the context, this could be God. This yeah. could be what they're trying to do here is not make new gods, but simply just make an image of the one they worship. Well, they're tr they're trying to, and there is an argument to be made, and and I and I, I do stand on that side. There is an argument to be made that says what they're doing here is not making new gods. They're trying to make they're trying to take God Yahweh God, the God of the covenant, and trying to take him and make him into something they can understand and deal with. Because they've come out of Egypt just three months ago. Right. Well. It's radical. And this is my thing. Put put yourself in their shoes for a second. They have seen their God, Yahweh God, act in ways that are insane. You know, I mean, look at how people are freaking out over little pictures on cameras, on images, these triangles flying around. Have you seen these videos? Yeah. Right? Oh my gosh, it's UFOs and everybody's all freaked out, right? Okay, well, now imagine for a second that you're seeing a pillar of fire or a pillar of smoke lead you around you're seeing the red sea part you're seeing plagues brought down from the heavens you're seeing you're seeing the acts of a true god that you've never seen before you're seeing these in an up close and personal way and these people can't handle it yeah they've completely rejected it yeah. this god has come and said i'm here for you i love you i care about because, you because look, look, let's face it a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire is not something you can walk up and touch Okay. I mean, that's, that's God has showed up in a in a fire storm. Yeah. And a cloud storm. Yeah. And you can't touch that. They want they want something that we can look at and visualize and actually touch it and say, here's God. And it's really two issues. What do you do when you're confronted with God? And what most people do mm -hmm. is they they try to turn God into something that they can deal with. Well, the, and explains that I think if we keep reading it explains. Absolutely. All right, let's so Come, make us gods who will go before us, right? Let us exercise some control over these things. As for this fellow Moses, as for Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, no, brothers and sisters, we're not going to do that. That's the wrong thing to do. The priest. You're right, the priest. Because he's a priest, he obviously knew what he was saying. And if you've got your Bible open, you know that's not what he said. Aaron answered them, take off your gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing. Now, these are the gold earrings that God 
basically gave to them through the Egyptians. Yes, they right. plundered That's right. the Egyptians, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so take these things that God has given you uh, that you're wearing, bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Now, all of that's now, really... Remember, remember, God has given him and these guys the ability, because remember it said... When we read that, they read, I'm going to make, I'm going to give guys the talent to be craftsmen, uh -huh. to be able to do all these things. So they take the gift from God. It's kind of eerie. Take the gift from God and use it to do something despicable. And read, there's one more here. It says, uh, uh, then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought us up, you up out of Egypt. Here are your gods. That's right. Instead of looking at that pillar of cloud or pillar of fire that's standing out there, said, here's your God. Picture this. Picture this for a minute. All right. They're at the foot of Mount Sinai. There's thunder and fire and darkness. And that's where God actually is. He's yeah. up there talking to Moses and <clears throat> lightning and everything. And then down here, way at the bottom, are all these people. And they're bowing down to this statue that they just made yeah. while yeah. God's up here. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, and it's not, we're not looking at these people and going, oh, these idiots. No, that's not it. We have a tendency to want to reject what God is doing, what God has said, how God is, is showing up and saying, this is who I am, right? We have a tendency to want to reject what that. We want him to be. And instead, exactly, make him into what we want him to be. And it's so but, sad. And I think this next text here explains what you said about the make, let, let's make God. Right. Look and at what so, he says. Again, that these are your gods, right? That's what it says in verse uh, 4. Again, in the NIV, it's translated plural, but the Hebrew form of that word could be singular. And this is why we, we point this out. In verse 5, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be, there will be a festival to the Lord. And this is big L, little, little big O, little big R, little big D. So this is Yahweh. That's, that, that's what that word means. Yeah. So, so they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna have a festival to God. That's right. They're not trying to replace God. They're no. just trying to make him into something that they can see and visualize. That's right. Something that they control. God's not going to be happy. No, he's not. And what's funny is be happy. the thing, the things that they're going to do in their festival. And look, guys, this is exactly, exactly what Jeroboam's going to do yeah. in, King, in Kings. Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly what he's going to do. He's not <clears throat> creating new gods. They're still, if you if you read uh, <clears throat> the prophet Amos, mm -hmm. Excuse me. If you read the prophet Amos, he'll say, you know, your new moons and Sabbath festivals and your worship is detestable to me. Mm -hmm. Well, they're still doing all the same worship that they're doing in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. They're still doing all of that. The only difference is Jeroboam has come in. He's made idols yep. for Yahweh God. Two of them. He's made two of them. He puts one in Dan and puts one, one in Bethel. In Bethel. Mm -hmm. That way, that way, no matter where you're at in the country, you're not trying to go down to Judah. Yep. Right. That was his whole point. Yeah. So. He creates these. And look, if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. You will get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. One day. One day. 20 years from now. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to find a new teacher. Unless <laughs> unless he keeps you around like Abraham, brother. Uh, <laughs> you're like, please no. Please no. All right. Um, but he does the same thing. And a Amos, or no, yeah, Amos is going to call him out for that, right? That prophet, mm -hmm. that minor prophet is going to call him out. A major prophet, but a minor prophet is going to call him out for that. So it's the same type of thing. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, this is verse 5 in Exodus 32, tomorrow there'll be a festival of the Lord. So they're still trying to worship Yahweh God, but they're trying to do it through this idol. They're trying to do it with stuff they understand. Yeah. 
So verse six, so the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings. And look, they presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, now this is, this is probably stuff that they got from Egypt. Afterward, they sat down to eat, drink, and got up and indulge, got up to indulge in revelry. Now uh -oh. that is a euphemism. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. That is a euphemism for sexual debauchery. That's really what's going on here. Okay. Absolutely. They, they have watched too much TV and thought it yeah. was real. Yes. Thought and this is what you're supposed to do. They are they are throwing well, and this and this is it. Look, in in ancient pagan cults, this was a or it, they weren't cults back then, right? They were cultures. religions, cultures. This was this was a big part of religion. I mean, the Greeks had Aphrodite mm -hmm. and the the prostitutes, one Athenian. And, when you and, see Corinth, yeah, Corinth exactly. That, Corinth is is a, is a, is decadent. I mean, one, it's terrible. One Athenian talks about, and and some historians have have cast some shadow on this, saying it may have been just propaganda or exaggerated. But there were temple prostitutes, and one Athenian historian talks about, or poet talks about the the thousand. Uh, Athenian pros uh, not Athenian rather Aphrodite prostitutes coming off of the Acropolis 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 in Corinth coming down into the city to practice the worship of Aphrodite which included a lot of sexual debauchery right yeah. so in fact in Paul's letter to the Corinth Corinthians he talks about you can't engage as a Christian you can't engage yourself with a prostitute yeah. you can't become one with a prostitute you're one with God you can't also be one with yeah. demons so, not that the prostitute is a demon, but in the worship of these the, demons. The, the things that we do are evil. The things yeah. that we're doing is evil is the point. Yeah. So, this is absolute sexual uh, debauchery. But notice in verse 6, it says they presented fellowship offerings. Well, these the fellowship offerings, God's already talked about what those are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Right? They offered burnt offerings. So, God's already talked about what these are supposed to be. So, they're trying to worship Yahweh God, but they're trying to do it in their own way. It's exactly what people do today. Honestly... This is the this is probably one of the better examples we have for the argument that happens quite often, which says the way we worship God matters, mm -hmm. right? There's there's a there's a very big argument I would say there's a big big debate on how do we worship, right? And a lot of people have said, well, how we worship matters, and they go all over the text to say it. This is probably the best argument for it right mm -hmm. here, because what they're doing is they're worshiping God however they want, yeah, in their own way. And God's not okay with that. No, he's not okay with he's that. He's going to come down here and, and he's, in fact, this, they're breaking covenant. Doing this is breaking covenant. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a deeper, there needs to be a deeper examination of this text and what it really means for us today. I think, I think that really needs to happen because there's a lot of things going on. Not only are they trying to worship God however they want, right? But they're also breaking covenant. But doing th it. this, you know, if that's true, what you're saying, we're doing that very thing today. In Some our culture today, yeah. you know, in, in many places, yeah. you know, people are are uh, uh, worshiping that leadership sets up worship the mm -hmm. way they believe that the people will be pleased with and that will entertain them. Right here. We're not about entertaining you. No, we're about go, doing what we're supposed to do to get close to God through prayer, through communion, through fellowship, you know. You know, our worship is not just a 45-minute worship service. Our worship starts at 9 o'clock when we start class. I mean, we, we're going to class, and, and that's part of our worship. You know, it even starts sometimes for some before that. It starts at 8.30 or so when, they're, when they start to fellowship together and they start to come. That's part of the worship. You know, it, it's, and it's what they did in the first century. It's how they worshiped. They gathered together and worshiped. You know, it says in Acts chapter 20, Paul preached all night long. 
They came together to break bread. They came together to join together and fellowship together with with a with a a, a meal probably and a communion service. Well, Jesus says in in um, John chapter four when he's talking to the woman at the well, you know, he says, "Woman, the true followers of God worship in spirit, worship in spirit and in truth." And so that's why I want to be careful. Mm-hmm. About, I mean, I I would say that this is the best argument for saying yes. the way we worship matters, but I also don't want us to to lapse into where well, we're keeping some type of law. No, right. No. And so no. we, we that's why I said you know there needs to be a conversation on this text and how it applies to the church today. It is not okay to take God and do whatever you want with Him. No. He is holy. We have to treat Him as holy. Nadab and Abihu are going to learn this, yeah. right? The the two Jews, guys that were there when, when this was going on. Yeah. You know, they're le- they're going to learn through this episode that you treat God as holy and the yeah. way you approach him and the way you worship him matters. Yeah. But at the same time, we need not turn worship into into following a law code. Right. And so it, it, there needs to be a discussion. We need to look at this text more, I think. But it's it, what they're doing here is they're trying to take God put him in put him in a human shell and and approach him from that perspective and yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. You can't ever do that. You need to take God as God presents himself. Yeah. And and the and the best way to find that out is to study his book. Absolutely. It's okay. in the text. So afterward they sat down and eat and drink and got up that's verse 6. Verse 7 in Exodus 32. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Go down." Now look at the Lord's reaction here. The Lord said to Moses, "Go down because your people whom you brought up, your people, they they were they were God's people not too long ago. <laughs> not now. <laughs> not now. Now they're bowing. I, could you imagine? I mean, now look, God already knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. God knew it was going to happen. He knew they were going to do it. He was well aware of it. But it's still upsetting. And it's he's every right to be upset. He has worked hard to bring yeah. this people to have, this have point. You ever, have you ever had you between you and Jessica and your, and your wife says, you know what your children did today? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah, we've done that. That's kind of what God's. Do you know what your kids are doing? Yeah. Do you know what your people might? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so the Lord, and he's got every right to be upset. So the Lord said to Moses, go down because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt, I thought God brought them out, (laughs) have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I, and let's be, let's be real clear. How quick have they been to turn away? Oh, they turn away right away. I mean, it's, it's like the cup, they just, so best case 40 days best case 40 days it's been it's been probably closer to about three months probably well no 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 no. we're talking about since they made since they made covenant with god oh okay no no yeah i see see yeah oh you being him on the mountain yeah yeah okay so he's been up there at most 40 days this i mean the text isn't real clear no i didn't tell this could have been like moses walks into the cloud and then the people turn around and look at Aaron and are like all right make us a golden no cap. they, they, they he's been up there a while he's so we don't know it could be it could be a day it could be well, they, 40 t- they days. said we don't know what's happened to him maybe yeah. maybe god killed him you know remember 70 of y'all went up there 75 74 of y'all went up there okay and and two of y'all didn't come back and y'all been home for a month and a half or a month and then he back, maybe, and, and y'all told us what it looked like and what was going on. So we're, we assume maybe he's dead. And so it's it's very reasonable that it, it was, it's more likely, right? Like I'm looking at it and I absolutely agree. It could have been a month. It could have been, you know, it could have been all the way to 40 days. What I'm pointing out is the text doesn't tell us. Yeah. So it could have been as soon as a day. It could have yeah. been as long yeah. as 40 days. Mm-hmm. But within that time, so in verse eight, they have been quick to turn away. Yeah, within a day or 40 days, sometime yeah. they've turned away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. 
They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your gods, Israel, oh, who brought you, you, you up. Did you hear what you said? They, it says we're going to have, back up here, it says, then they said, uh, where did it say that? And the people rose early. Uh, Aaron said he built an altar in front of the calf and announced tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. Their idea is we're doing it to the Lord. Exactly. That's not God's idea. Nope. So how many times do we come to worship? People all over the world come to worship on a Sunday morning, any place where they go. And they're saying, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, and they're singing hallelujah songs. And God's saying, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I, you know, I, man, you never rang the bell, rang my bell. Because I never heard, I never heard. But then you go to Acts chapter 10 and you see Cornelius, who is a pagan, who is a... Well, he's not a pagan. But he's he a Roman. a worshiper of God. But he's a Roman. Sure, From Roman. perspective of us, yeah. he's a pagan. He's a he's a Gentile pagan, and God says that your your prayers and your your alms have gone up as a sweet aroma to me. On the other hand, you got you got the the oh I see, I see what you're you saying. Got, you got some yeah, of the Jews that are given the given they've already killed Stephen. Yeah, they they've turned on these these disciples, and here's this pagan Roman pagan that God says says Peter Peter go over there. What does Peter say? I'm going over there. I ain't going over there. That guy's he unclean. Needs a, he needs like a whole vision. Right? Yeah, he has, yeah, God has to show him a sheet full of all kinds of... And he says, go eat. No, 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 that stuff's unclean. He said, man, nothing's unclean. I, I do love Peter's example. He constantly tells God no. Yeah. God says, go do this. And, He's like, no, and no, 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 here, do that. here, God's saying, wait, wait a minute. They aren't worshiping me. They think they are. They said they are. That's right. And, and what, is, what does Jesus say? I think it's in Matthew chapter 7. He says, you're going to come before me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these wonderful things? And what is God's going to say? Man, I don't know you. Get away from me. I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't. You didn't just. You didn't just say some bad. I don't know you. Dan, what have I been preaching? Yeah, all since I all got through the here. book of James. All through the book of James. Yep. Yep. We think a lot of time. Peace. 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 Some people think that their worship before God is showing up on Sunday. Their worship before God is put money in the plate. Their worship before God is all of the acts, the physical outward acts. But inside, they hate their brothers and sisters. They're annoyed with this. They don't want to be here. They don't. And I'm just telling you, I'm pointing out. Is it important to show up? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Is it important to put money? Absolutely. Can that be part of your worship? Absolutely. But if your heart isn't in it, if you don't love your brother or sister as yourself, if you don't seek to serve them, if that's not, if those things aren't coming up out of that heart, no amount of action is going to matter in the last no. day. No. It does not matter. In Matthew, the, the point, the one you pointed out, Matthew chapter seven, what he says is, I did all these things in your name. And there's a whole list of things they did. I preached, I prophesied, I yeah. prayed, you know, I did all of these things in your name. And yet he's going to say, it doesn't say he tried to do these things. Or these things yeah, were attempted to do. These them. things were done. And God, and Christ is going to look at him and say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What is the lawlessness they're practicing? I guarantee you, it's the same as the sin that leads to death. Hating your brother and sister. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people struggle with what is that sin that leads to death? If you read 1 John and stay in the context of 1 John... You, if when you hate your brother and sister, you're in the darkness, and there is no sacrifice for sins. There is no purification for sins. What is the sin that leads to death? Hating your brother or sister. Operating and living a life that says, I don't care about other people. When you live that way, and look, that can take a lot of forms. Yeah. When we have people, when we have people that come and they say, well, you know, we've got to love all people, so we've got to accept them. What? 
That's not love. No. That's hating your brother and sister. Yeah. Love is confronting them and saying, no, 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 this isn't okay. Please don't do this. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the, what is the dynamic here? What is the worship that God accepts loving our brothers well, and they, sisters? Well, they look at this and they say, you know, we've made this calf. We're going we're gonna to sacrifice. We're going to offer uh, sacrifices to the Lord. And then we're going to get up and we're going to worship the way we know how to worship, the way we've been taught how to worship in Egypt. And we're going to revel. That's right. And God says... Tells Moses, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Yep. You know, these people have made a God and they are they are bowing down to it and offering sacrifices to it. God's perception, you know, you know, as a <laughs> as a child, as a child, you know, your children have a perception of right and wrong. Yes. That differs from your perception of right and wrong. It does, yes. You know? Yes. I have a perception of right and wrong sometimes that differs from your perception of right and wrong. Because why is that? Because I'm older, I'm different, I'm wiser, I've been through more things, Absolutely. and I look at things and I'm saying, eh, you need to stop. Yeah. You need to stop what you're doing because this is not going to go well. And yeah. you say, well, I don't believe you. Okay. <laughs> Have I not told you before? Okay. Come back to me when you're about 10 years old. Stand by, stand by, stand by. Hold on now. Hold on. <laughs> Have I not done that? You know, okay. So, yes. <laughs> yes. He said yes, people, that I have done that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> No, this this has happened. I, I I disagree with the characterization of how it has occurred. Yes, it has happened. Yes, it has happened. But it has happened. But you know, God's looking at him and saying, "What you're doing is wrong." Yeah. And he tells Moses, and what we'll see next week is, you know, Moses stand out of the way, get out of the way, and Moses is going to inter intervene for them. I think I think in many instances that's what an eldership has to do. I mean, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, I think an eldership has to say, "God, please forgive us." You know, I'm I'm going to preach on the character of God this summer. And it, it, this is so important, this intercession, because what does God do with his power? He says in verse 10, verse 9 and 10, right? I've seen these people. The Lord said to Moses, they are stiff-necked people. Mm -hmm. They leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. So God's saying, I don't need them. No. I can do what I want to do through you. Yeah. And I'll do it yeah. through you. Yeah. But then Moses interce intercedes. Yeah. And in Deuteronomy, he's going to talk about you're looking for another person like Moses to come. Mm -hmm. And that person is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. me. Yeah. It's incredibly important that we approach God on his terms yeah. and treat him. That's why it's important holy. to put good people around you that are going to teach you the right things and study the book. Absolutely. That's why it's so important. Because these people thought they were doing the right thing. And God said, no, you're not. Yeah. And I wonder how many things we're doing. That we need to pray about and say, God, please fix us. You know, it's not it's not a mystery. Peter says, if these things are yours and increasing, then you can be assured. And what are those things? Love. Love. Peace. peace patience. Mm -hmm. Kindness. Gentleness. Faithfulness. All, all of know, the, the things. The, I think that it's really important what we're going to do during the summer. That you know, on Wednesday night, we're going to do a summer series. On the fruit. Yeah. On the fruits of the Spirit. And each each one of the fruits of the Spirit, we're going to, we're going to spend 45 minutes. Somebody's going to teach on that. Yeah, you know, we've got different teachers that are going to teach, and I think it's going to be an awesome thing. I think it's going to be an awesome learning experience for us, you know, to to teach. I'm I'm looking forward. I didn't get to do one until the last the last at, at the end of August. Well, if you want, you can have one of mine. You know, hey, and, I've got you know, two, <laughs> and it and it would be, uh, you know, we've got it set up, and it's going to, you know, we're going to kick it off with a meal and 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 then a movie for the kids, and then we're going to have, you know, the summer series. It's going to go, you know, interspersed with our singing classes that we have, but uh, you know, we're going to learn, I think, deeper more deeply what the what the spirit actually brings with him 
when he comes and put and sets up shop with us. Yeah. Man, it's going to be awesome. Next week, we're going to look at, at Moses intervening. He's going to intervene. That's Let's right, guys. Father, thank you so much for the power of the word. Thank you for the for the truth of it, Father, and the and the, the the power that it has to change our lives. Father, help us to what it but what it does is it introduces us to you and lets us get a get a picture of you. These people did not have a clear picture of you and thought they needed something more, and you let them know they were wrong. Father, please be patient with us as we as we struggle through this learning process. Help us, Father, to find at the end, help us to find the truth out about you and then apply it to our lives. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.